Hey there, people of the interwebs. This is Brandon Noel. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Bookies Podcast, the uh, uh, currently weekly uh, book club, but normally monthly. We are a monthly book club where we get together, a group of friends. We have brunch, usually a meal um, themed around the the uh, book itself. If there is something in the book that you know, uh, uh, an actual meal of some sort, we usually pick something close to that uh it's it's fun um for 13th warrior because they eat onion soup in that book we had onion soup for for brunch that day it, fun stuff like that but nevertheless uh this uh week's episode is uh, casino royale by ian fleming the the masterpiece that launched uh james bond and uh, one of the uh, pivotal spy thrillers of our generation. Um, I don't think I'm, you know, gilding the lily or being a little exaggerating when I when I say that this is, you know, for it does have flaws. It's not a perfect book, but it's it it launched a billion dollar property. You know, uh, twenty one movies, fifty years. Um, you know, it's a really good book, and uh, Ian Fleming wrote a, a really um, complex uh, character in the first couple of books. Uh, so, uh, but I want to thank you for for downloading this episode, uh, the bookies. If you'd like to support us. Uh, please go to patreon.com slash destiny comics. Put it, uh, we have one tier. It's called throw a dollar in the hat. That's all we're asking for is just a little dollar in the hat. Um, that gives you access to the, you know, podcasts, daily posts, um, all kinds of stuff. I might start throwing discounts on books and stuff up there. Um, I think that's something I can do. I got to figure out all the tech. Techie tech, doing the techie tech. Um, so thank you, thank you for supporting us. If you don't want to support us that way, you can always go to destinycomics.com, follow the link to the store, buy a book, buy a bookmark. You're a reader. We sell books. It's almost like we do a thing, you know? So, um, 8 bit pop, series of anthology, uh, book, short stories, um, that most of the people in this uh, podcast actually wrote or contributed to or edited. So, um, you know, go out, check out some of our earlier work. And thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, This is a really fun one. Ian Fleming's James Bond, you know, Casino Royale. Um, And, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy uh, this week's episode. That's a nice way to put it. Did you know that... uh, the Beach Boys had a dealing with Charles Manson. Yeah, that was that was something that I was learning about. Yep. The, the, mm-hmm. the, he was like just fascinated with their music, from what I understand. Yeah. He even recorded albums. Did you know that Charles Manson oh, yeah. recorded music and people bought it? He, that's what he was trying to. That's what he wanted to do, I believe. I heard that Angela Lansbury's son had some kind of dealings with Manson really? or whatever, and before like. The crap hit the fan. She sent him out of the country. Oh like, God. She's like, go. I guess that's what I asked. Is Angela Lansbury still alive? Oh, yeah. Yep. She's in the 90s now. 
Mm-hmm. Her and Betty White, man. I'm going to be real sad. Mm-hmm. Did you know that um, Betty White is literally older than sliced bread? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. They, it, she was born, I forget, uh, sliced bread didn't come along until like three or four years after she was born. So well, it'd be Kirk Douglas, he's 102. <laughs> well, then it became this joke like, uh, sliced be- bread is the greatest thing since Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once you get Betty White in the world, the only thing that you can do to possibly top that is sliced bread. Right, mm. yeah. Nothing else will do. Oh, before I forget, Brandon, cannibalism and placenta. Ah. ah I got him in there. He's like, I was really <laughs> hoping you would. He's not, he's not happy now. Oh. Dang it! <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, but we're going to laugh and listen to all the archival stuff. We're going to be like, oh, yeah, that conversation you deleted, but that was funny. We are the bookies. We are a uh, monthly book. Uh, <laughs> and take two! Um, this one's going to keep it in. <laughs> keep it in. You um, can just start later. We haven't yeah, started. Just yeah. start again. The take two. Take three. Whatever. The attraction. Yeah. <laughs> right? But we are the bookies, a monthly book uh, book club podcast. <laughs> 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 no cuts. No, 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 no cuts. No cuts. Uh, you can always cut I'm the Brandon book Noel. Book. I'm Brandon Noel. <laughs> I'm Louis Lopez. <laughs> David McFarlane. <laughs> <laughs> Or Justin. Justin Justin Stallard. (laughs) Bonnie Stallard. Wayne Abraham. Maylene Noel. (laughs) And we are the bookies. That's why I screwed up. It comes at the end. (laughs) Doing this once a month. (laughs) Alright, this month we have read uh, Casino Royale by Ian Fleming, the first James Bond novel. Uh, This was uh, Justin's uh, pick. You want to give a complete... uh, uh, quick plot synopsis and tell us why you put it in. Well, I put it in mostly because I have literally seen every single James Bond movie there is, and I'm a huge fan, and I figured I need to see where it was coming from. So, uh, Casino Royale is the first book in the series uh, that introduces James Bond. He has to bankrupt a Soviet spy uh, in, by gambling against him uh, because uh, the spy has run into some financial problems and if he doesn't fill out his uh, deficit within a certain time the assassins will get him and uh, and there, there's uh, it, it was a good book. It was a, I, I, it was a good book. It's, uh, there's there's romance. There's car chases. There's explosions. There's murder. Gambling. Gambling. gambling there's drinking. drinking. Mm. Oh, lots of lots oh of lots of smoking. <laughs> oh my goodness, the smoking! It's a product I, of the time. I listen to a lot of radio dramas, so that didn't. Like yeah. a lot of stuff from the fifties, you know. The, the he lit his seventieth cigarette. Right? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got my lungs. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Ian Fleming was a severe chain smoker, mm. which led to his yeah. Uh, well, doctor death. smoking is healthy for you. <laughs> yeah. 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 They used yeah. to recommend that people to TV and bad lungs smoke yeah. because it's supposed to dry out their lungs and make their lungs better. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. I listen to this great uh, radio show from the 50s called Richard Diamond, 
and half the show was sponsored by Camel's cigarettes. <laughs> yep. So there's a lot of Camel's like, oh, you know, knock my Camel's out of my hand. There's mm-hmm. product placement in a radio show. Right. But at the end of every episode, they do this thing where they pick a VA hospital to randomly give out Camel's cigarettes oh. too. So at the end of every episode, the the Richard Diamond like the he goes, you know, the actors like, yeah, you know, we like to give to our servicemen, and it's like, oh God, no, no. <laughs> we can just go back in time and tell them that horrible. Kind of would never fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I have cancer. Yeah. So, uh, Justin, uh, what was your uh, favorite part? What part? Oh, my. What part? Um, that's a very good question. Um, I just went blank. <laughs> what did you like, honey? Well, I... Uh, you liked the book. I know you did. I liked the, the book in general. The... Uh, I had it all planned out, man. It's all that smoke. You want yeah. us to come back to you? Um, <laughs> come back. Uh, you that's all right. Well, I keep. I don't want to say the same things over and over again. You know, like character development and this and that and all. What is it? Um, I was going to say but, uh, uh, a lot of the character development comes later because he's not really fleshed out in this one. Yeah, the the uh, the first. To be honest, the first couple chapters are actually pretty dry. Uh, because there's like dossiers and I did not expect to see the word appendices as many as you did so it it starts out a little slow Uh, and uh, and then you get into the uh, like chapter 4 or 5 and it starts getting uh, uh, you know more uh, interesting. Uh, interesting, you know. You no, nothing, nothing livens up a story when two guys turn into red mist. You know, just <laughs> 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 you know. So, so you're saying once the story picks up, it starts off with a bang. Yes, <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. So, uh, poor. That was kind of funny. That's why we're all laughing. It's it's like three chapters later when you find out what happened. Yeah. Oh, God. Weren't they Middle Eastern? No, they're Bulgarian. Bulgarian. Bulgarians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Eastern Um, European. Eastern (laughs) European. But they got double-crossed by their, you mm-hmm. know... By their handlers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this one, it meant smoke. This one's a bomb. Oh, just kidding. Yeah. Uh, there is no bomb. smoke. I like... Well, there is, but... There will be later. Yeah. <laughs> the story flowed surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't expecting it to. It had three distinct sections. You know, you have your... The first part, which leads up to... The uh, the initial uh, gambling. It's the introduction, yeah, you know, right. which is like the first third of the book. Then you then yeah, the you have the big night of gambling, which takes up the entire center section, and then uh, the uh, basically the recovery, mm-hmm. uh, which takes up the last part of it, and it becomes almost a romance novel. It becomes. And I was point, yeah, I right. was expecting it to you know be. It only, and one so unfortunate I was starting to think I was just going to become like a little Harlequin novel or something no, yeah. getting a little descriptive there <laughs> and uh, it was like okay it's, just not, it's not too bad but um, 
it, it had a little bit of sexuality in it. He got descriptive on the foreplay, and then when it came to the, when they actually had sex, it skipped to the other night. Yeah. Very pretty. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, but it, it it had good characters. It was a it was a good story. They had the uh, drink. The Vesper, yes. The Vesper, the Martini, which they they kept in the movie, the new movie. movie. I was surprised at all the little bitty nods to the book that are in the movie. I didn't go back and rewatch the new (coughs) movie because I didn't want it in my head. Right. Mm -hmm. But I kept flat, like, wow, that's surprisingly close for... For yeah. Bond film, there wasn't jetpacks. There wasn't yeah. <laughs> well, this Casino Royale. Yeah, is the third installment. Well, is, the, is the third movie. Yeah, the third movie. Well, the, well, the the one with Daniel Craig is is the the first reboot. Yes, yeah, the first, first of the Craig reboot. Yes. Well, right. no, this the, the Casino Royale. This current current one with Daniel Craig is the third one. No, it's the first one. It's the first no, one. It's the third. There's a movie called series There's a movie called Casino Royale that has nothing to do with this. But yes, they use the title. It is the it's Woody Allen. No, it's 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 um, it a Casino Royale from 1967 that is based off of a comedy that is based off of the the gambling with La Sharif. La Sharif. Yeah. yeah. Woody yeah. Allen also did an adaptation. Yeah. As in, he was Bond. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's it, it was. It was. A, it was kind of a spoof. We don't. We don't. Yeah, it's not good. They don't consider it. But it's just no. Because I actually, I actually looked it up because um, yeah, uh, coworker said that. Well, he told me that he goes. Yeah, I remember yeah. the original from the sixties. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. I thought once. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've blocked it out. <laughs> I've seen clips of it. I haven't seen. I've the seen whole. the entire thing once. Yeah, Woody Allen as Bond just does not. No, it doesn't work. So I just don't get cards here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, I'm sure you'll have more to add once we get back yeah, around the table probably. to you. But um, I enjoyed reading it. I liked James Bond. I've watched James Bond movies. I, you know, I've seen a few of the Sean Connery. I may have at one point seen it I, I've seen them all now yeah, I, yeah. We, I bought them for I've been meaning to borrow your box set a couple yeah. of years ago for Christmas but anyway but, but up to that point I, I saw the only ones I ever saw in the theater were the Pierce Brosnan ones mm-hmm. okay until Daniel Craig came out mm-hmm. and then and the one with Daniel Craig and so this particular one Casino Royale I got used at Hollywood Video back when there was still a video store, you know, in the yeah. dinosaur era. Um, dinosaur era. <laughs> you was know, like previously it viewed. I had a copy. In fact, I just gave away in our uh, our family like a white elephant gift exchange because we have it on Blu-ray now. Yeah. Like I don't need both, you know. But it had the previously viewed Hollywood Video sticker on the cover, and, nice. I, and I bought it. And and out of all the James Bond movies. Casino Royale with Daniel Craig is the one I've seen more than any of the others. It was just one of my favorites. I love that opening thing. Mm-hmm. I love the whole chasing the bomber down, the whole, like, you know, parquet thing or whatever. Parkour. 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 Parkour.
park horsing and all that. And and <laughs> and the gambling. I mean, it's, they don't do baccarat. It's you know a, a version of poker that I've never played. You know, but anyway, it was just, you know all this, and I just I just loved the movie so much. So then I get to the book. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I see how they changed that, and they yeah, after that here. And then I get to the part, so he's won. He's recovering, and he's getting better every day because Vespa comes to see him every day to talk to him. And I'm like, I don't want to read anymore. <laughs> because I've seen the movie so much, I know it's going to happen. I mean, it actually is sadder in the book than it is in the movie. I mean, the movie, it happens. The movie is, like, yeah. In the it, book, it's tragic. It, yeah, like, in both, it's tragic, and you see something bad's going to happen. But I've seen the movie so many times, I knew she was going to die, and I knew she was a dumb agent, and I was just like, I put it aside for a whole day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to finish, because I only started it a week ago. I have to finish the book before. In the book, he almost has, uh, was it Nightingale Syndrome, where he just falls in love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, you know, so weird for him to fall in love and everything. And so, you know, so I I just, I I almost couldn't read the rest of it, and then when I did, I cried, you know, even though I knew she was going to die, I'm reading her letter, and I'm crying, and, you know, I'm like, oh, I feel such an idiot. Oh, yeah, and they kept that line in the movie. I was like, that line's straight in the movie. Good job. the last line in the book, and I think the last line in the movie. It's not the last line in the movie. It's almost the last line in the movie. There's another little scene after that that sets up for the next movie. But anyway. I know, right? But there's some. My name is Ishmael. Okay. So I got. He has some good descriptions. Mm-hmm. And I got really excited. Okay, there's all these stinking French words, and half of them I don't even know how to pronounce, much less know what they mean. And then on page 67, he uses the word oubliette correctly. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, I know what oubliette is. It's a dark hole where you put people's or things to forget about them. That's the elaborate a million times. We're talking about where the cards get put into this. Yeah, the, 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 basically, it's the dead card can, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes, he talks about them as. as the shoes. The, uh, yeah. The shoes. Yeah. They get put down in there, and, you know, and they f- fall over into the middle floor of their oubliette. And I'm like, oh, I love that. Um, but I, I feel like maybe back when this was written, there were a whole lot of people who knew more French than we do now because, I mean, well, I, well, maybe it's just because it's British. Well, also, yeah, it's British. British. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think we do that here. We're in California, in case you guys don't know. We do that a lot with, like, Spanish words all the time. So I you just assume because we live in California yeah. and you know there's words that we use. Even if you don't speak Spanish, there's words everyone knows. Yeah. France was only a two-hour boat trip across the Right, so there's all this French and I'm just like, I don't know French. It's the same thing with him. I know a lot of French. It's at the point here where we use Spanish words to talk about things or places and it doesn't even occur to us mentally that it's a Spanish word. Right, because it's just a regular word. They make fun of people from Back east when they mispronounce it, you know. Yeah. Oh my gosh, back east. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Back east. Your friends in Arizona don't know how to pronounce Estrella. They say Estrella. What about the tacos with the tortillas? Oh <laughs> <laughs> my grandparents. Oh, I heard someone say Chili Verde once. I'm like, oh my But anyway, there's a couple descriptions that I really liked. One of them was the description that he gave about one of the chief's gunmen, the guy with the stick and everything. And he's talking about, um, you know, he uses words like his fun- funereal dinner jacket. 
and you know and, and I just like every now and again he has these gems of words like the descriptions that he uses he's not super in like some things he describes quite a lot and other things he doesn't really describe but mm. and sometimes you know he gives you the idea of the guilt to hear and the things like that but it was I just love this it was like his whole long body was restless and his hands shifted on the brass rail Bond guessed that he would kill without interest or concern for what he killed and he preferred strangling he had something of a Lenny of mice in, in of mice and men but his inhumanity would not come from infantilism but from drugs marijuana Bond decided but I just I was like oh I've, oh, no. I've read of mice and men and, like, and I was like Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I was, but he, he talks about just, you know, with his face there, but he talks about he has this kind of a, that thing and has like, oh, mice and men, how old is a mice and men? I had to look it up. Yeah. When did it come out? It came out like, you know, in like the 30s or something. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so it was out before this was written, but part of me was like, wait, what? Huh? Mm. You know? Um, and there was, there's a scene, it was the scene where, where Bond, it, it's just a few paragraphs before we know for sure that Bond has won, right? Mm. And it talks about the whole secret lay in the reverse of the two pink backs where the pair of queens kissed the green cloth. And it's just like one sentence where it's just like, I just mm-hmm. love the way he said that. Mm-hmm. You know, n- instead of saying they were face down, you have to kiss the green cloth. Just little things like that. Like, there's things I didn't like in his writing. We'll get to that yeah. in a little bit. But there were little gems like that. And I was like, that was a really good turn of phrase. The metaphor really mm-hmm. like Yeah, he's a good green cloth. Because their faces. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but I know, but I'm yeah. saying instead of saying it was just face down, yeah. he used a different turn of phrase that was more mm. poetic or descriptive, and, and yeah, the, the table you know. absorbed the blood like chips. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a battlefield. Like a battlefield. Yeah, like there was just some really good descriptions here and there that I really appreciated, um, and it, you know, it, like I said, it was it's my fav- one of my favorite Bond films. Mm. And I see where they had to modernize certain aspects of it, and they didn't do it exactly like it was here because it it wouldn't fly now. There are certain things that just wouldn't go well now. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people nowadays don't even know what baccarat is, <laughs> right? Although it's interesting do. finding out about it, but I've heard of it, and it's funny because there's a couple times in some of the like first couple of Sean Connery movies where he's playing background. Yeah, I'm like I have no idea what game they're playing right there, you know, and just kind of in the background because it was back in that time period, and that was something he played. Now they're all playing poker and things like that, but I, it was it was nice to see that that I, I was able to enjoy the book that's based on one of my favorite or that was the basis of one of my favorite movies as opposed to you know movies that I've liked and recommended books and then the book sucked which is not normally the case this is so yeah this was nice and what, I didn't what are recommend we, what, are we, what are we talking about like are you running through a maze <laughs> right something about this running maze hey Bonnie huh? don't point that maze book at me <laughs> 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 I see what you did there. Uh, I, I see what you did there. Yeah. I'm, I'm still obsessed with that. Don't point that thing at me. I know, I know, but <laughs> I was so sad that it wasn't as good as the movie. Yeah. But it was still. I thought it was good. in a movie, but I just that yeah. book it's still rattling in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, again. That was a good book. I enjoyed it. It flowed well. It was a little slow starting. Mm-hmm. But once it started, it it kept its momentum all the way through to the end. Um, I found 
because this is the first Bond book I've read, but because of the movies, you know, you're used to Bond no matter how dire the straits he's in. He always has an ace in the hole of some sort to get out. Mm-hmm. Usually something Q Branch gave him. Right. <laughs> you know? Like a radio. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he always has this ace in the hole. So no matter how dire the circumstances, you know he's going to get out of it. In this book, when he's captured by the chief, he's... How do you pronounce the guy's name? Lachie. 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 Yeah. Okay, Lachie. Okay. I have the audio book, so yeah. I had a... That's also how it's pronounced in the movie. Whatever, I'll speak French. I don't either. Late chipper. <laughs> yeah. So, they have him tied to this chair, and they're torturing him, and he's at the point where, you know, he's not planning to give in, and he knows they're going to lose patience and kill him. None of his friends know where he is. He has no ace in the hole. He's a dead man. And sitting there going, you know, oh, wait a minute, you know. This is Bond. This is Bond. This He's is a Bond dead man. He's supposed, <laughs> He's supposed <laughs> to have an ace in the hole of some sort. <laughs> he has survived a book too. He, you know, <laughs> they're going to kill him. And there is nothing he can do about it. Mm-hmm. And, and then the assassins come in. And kill the chief and his crew and come over to Bond and said nobody said anything about you so I'm not bothering it but since you're obviously a spy I'm going to mark you and you know cuts their symbol in his hand so he'll be recognized as a spy and goes off and leaves him there you know and he comes to in the hospital but I mean, the whole purpose of him bankrupting Lashif was so that Lashif would be assassinated. He was an embarrassment to the Russian government. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, you're just sitting here, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here going, but there's nobody to rescue him. He's a dead man. This, this is Bond. He's supposed to have a... <laughs> then he didn't have an ace in the hole. And if the assassins hadn't been on Lashif's tail, he would have been dead. But... You know, and and that was just like I realize it's the first book, but that that's so atypical of the movie image of Bond. Yes, you know, I I thought of it as uh, his last gamble because he's he is a gambler, and so in one part of the book he was describing luck, and I think that. His last ace in the hole was just dumb luck. <laughs> he also talks about in the book trying to stretch out the torture so that possibly somebody could find him. Yeah, to drag it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that's such a horrible way to. Well, that was. Yeah. It was a brutal chapter. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was very difficult brutal reading chapter. the torture scene. <laughs> it didn't bother me at all. <sighs> yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> And it was very similar in the movie. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think the, the movie, they actually had to throw in a couple of comedic lines to mm. make it 
a little less. Tone it down a little bit. Yeah. I think they had to. Partly to keep it, what, PG-13 or something for the movie? Something like that. Although I think the line's hilarious. Well, I also know that they didn't include the carving of the spy symbol in the movie. Yeah, they didn't include that. I kind of... Well, it's a great little like F you like yeah. you are a card player, we will know you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh well I have the advantage the advantage of not remembering the movie or not remembering much of the movie. So I I didn't I couldn't compare the book to the movie. Because right. I've only ever seen the Daniel Craig movies. And each of them I think I've only seen once. I've never seen any of the other Bond films. And unfortunately, I took her to uh, Quantum of Solace, thinking she had seen Casino Royale. Oh no! So I was like, I'm lost. <laughs> no idea what's going on yet. I, but considering I, I, I knew I'd seen the movie. I just couldn't remember everything. Like, because it's, it's honestly been close to ten years since I've seen this um, Bond film. I mean, it came out in 06. Yeah, <laughs> so I might be maybe eight, eight or nine right, years. Right, because you didn't see it until after Bond. Yeah, course, yeah, yeah. So, still. Yeah, but it's anyway, been a good number of years. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it. So I couldn't remember it. Like, uh, to the point where I, I think I started thinking about a different film because I was like, I don't remember any of this in the film. <laughs> like, right? And everybody goes, no, they stick pretty close. I go, oh, okay, well, I just, don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, we're the jetpacks. <laughs> but um, oh, what? <laughs> but I, I, I did have some issues. But of course, I'll get to it later. But for my life, mm-hmm. I thought it went like it was a fairly easy read mm-hmm. once you got past the first couple chapters like I said because it's all right. the technical stuff that I'm like what you know yeah <laughs> but once it picked up it was fairly easy to read I liked that the chapters weren't crazy long yeah like the they book wasn't crazy long yeah it, it, it was only 170 some odd pages yeah well each Bond novel was written uh, in 30 days right Yes. Ian Fleming would sit down with a typewriter for like a job, five hours a day, whatever. Yeah, you should get on his vacation. On his vacation, mm-hmm. each bar novel was written. Yeah, he had his town home called Goldeneye. Uh, <laughs> that's after the movie Money. <laughs> but each Bond novel was written over the course of thirty days. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I felt it went at a good clip, and um, surprisingly. Be, despite the fact that I couldn't remember, I don't know if it's just because maybe subconsciously I remembered the how it ended, but I totally, I kind of saw the incoming, like as far as mm-hmm. the female goes, because I'm still like, no woman's that stupid, <laughs> you know, <laughs> especially if that's her job to be all you know, yeah. fighty, whatever. But um, you know, I, I think, like I said, I, I feel. Like, overall, it was a pretty interesting read. I don't know if I want to read the next book or not. If I do, it'll probably be a little while. But it, um, I think my favorite stuff involved the card playing. Like, anytime they were playing cards. Because he talked about how you can't exactly depend on luck. Right. But you can use the idea of luck to your advantage. Mm-hmm. 
and um, I, I did learn by reading this how to play baccarat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. I feel like now I could go and play. I, I won't win, but I feel like, right. you know, now at least I understand what, you know, what the rules are for right. playing baccarat. Baccarat was always one of those games where I wanted to learn. I just never did. Because it's like I don't really gamble very often. You know, like once every three years I might go to a casino, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So it was like... And I, I, I feel good now knowing that if I were invited to play Baccarat, I would at least know what, I'm, what the goal is. You, know? yeah, you, you, you sound more confident than I do because I read the book and I watched a YouTube tutorial <laughs> on how to play Baccarat, and I'm still lost. Well, okay, so there's a whole chapter where he discusses, like he's yes. talking about it, and I was feeling really confused at that point. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple chapters where it. So by the time we got to the point where he beats the sheep, I'm like, okay, I got this. Yeah. But the description, yeah. he starts talking about 21, and then everybody has to get 9. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then, I, you know, I'm like, okay. I, I'm I, I think, it. thank God, I'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I, I understand the rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think all my scenes my, that I liked involved playing cards and... Yeah, stuff before and after that was okay, but like yeah. I, I think my favorite moments happened when he was at the baccarat table. So I think that's really really neat and funny. One of my favorite parts about the movie was that particular version of poker. I forget what it's called, but Texas Hold'em. Texas Hold'em. Oh. I never played it. It was always one of those options on like the yeah. the, the computer thing, and I'm like, I don't know, how to, I don't know how to play this. I do. And then I watched the movie and I learned how to play it, and I'm like. Okay, I get what they're doing. Okay. And so yeah. I I really liked that. So I think that's kind of... Uh, <laughs> that's kind of neat. Okay. Anyway. So, like I said, some of the descriptions were pretty cool, the way he phrased things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I did like the food scenes. <laughs> lobster? Lobster? Mm. Mm, lobster. <laughs> oh, bacon and eggs. You know, oh, yeah, that's true. Was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was really into his food. Mm-hmm. I liked that. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Well, we could have done breakfast. We could have done breakfast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Something I told you guys, bacon and eggs right on the... On the bacon. Oh, I, I didn't That was three weeks ago. We've slept since then. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. My favorite part of the whole book is chapter 11. Or not chapter 11. Chapter 20. Wow. No more clothes. No Well, chapter 20, The Nature of Evil. This is probably one of the coolest things I think I've ever read in any kind of hero fiction. Um, it's right after the torture scene. It is he's had a moment to to recoup. He's, that was a good chapter. It's when uh, uh, Mathis comes mm-hmm. to visit, and they start talking about you know basically the Red Indians. Uh, I'm just going to read this. When I was being beaten up. He said, I suddenly liked the idea of being alive. Before the sheep began, he used a phrase which stuck in my mind, playing Red Indians. He said that what I had been doing uh, when I suddenly thought he might be right. You see, he said, still looking down at the bandages, when one's young, it seems very easy to distinguish between right and wrong. But as one gets older, it becomes more difficult at school, it's easy to pick out one's own villains and heroes, and one uh, and one grown grows up, or one grows up, wait, uh, waiting to be a hero and kill the villains. He goes on to talk about the two people he killed to get his double O. 
Now he looked up again at Mathis. That's all very fine. The hero kills two villains. But when the hero Lashif starts to kill the villain Bond, and the villain Bond knows he isn't a villain at all, you see the other side of the, uh, the metal. The villains and the heroes get all mixed up. History is moving pretty quickly these days, and heroes and villains keep changing parts. I've heard that theory expressed in other things, the idea that every good villain thinks himself the hero, but this is the first time I've had a hero get the crap kicked out of him in the worst kind of way, and him come out the other side going, yeah, this whole hero and villains thing... May not be all that we thought it was. It's just messed up. Yeah. It, 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 that whole chapter... The nature of good and the nature of evil. It, it's beautiful. It's poetic. It was. It's yes. a philosophy class in the middle of a Bond movie. <laughs> yeah. Or in right. the middle of a Bond but, book. I mean, he's got a point. I mean, like you said, when we're kids, we have the clear-cut bad guy and the clear-cut good guy. The bad guy wants to steal the money, wants to, you know, kill the people, wants to do all the bad things that bad people want to do. And the hero comes in and saves him. And so... As kids, that's what we think. We think, okay, it's easy to tell the good guys and the bad guys, you know? Mm-hmm. But then when you get older, it's like, okay, well, maybe the bad guy's motives aren't so clear-cut. <laughs> maybe he's, you know, not 100% bad like we assumed he was when we were, you know, 90, you know? Right. So, and he's got a point. I mean, every villain does usually think himself the hero for whatever his reasons might be, you know? And sometimes you have, in war, you have good people versus good people. It's not always good versus bad. Right. Yeah, no, no, no competent bad guy that is believable wants to blow up the world because it's evil. Like, they, <laughs> they have motivations and reasons for that, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. It's what makes them human. Yeah, and the one thing that's, that really hurts about this chapter is because Bond, the whole conversation starts off with, yeah, I'm done. I'm retiring. And Mathis goes, why? He goes, look at me, that's why. Um, you know, like, I'm broken both physically and mentally, and I'm just like, I'm not their man. I think it's actually something he says at one point. He goes, I'm not the man I once was. Um, and the sad part is by the end of the book, we know Mathis was right. Yeah. Because Math- And Bond does. Yes. Bond knows. He says it. Yeah, because yeah. Mathis says at some point M is going to point you at another villain and you're going to do your job. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because it, that whole chapter and the, the romance section mm-hmm. becomes ever Bond's like, ready to quit. It's, the game's over. He's served yep. his country. Yeah. And he's going to go on with what he has left yeah. and, and have... And and I, I I'm Family. sure we'll get that poor yeah. yeah. No, the Aston Martin. Aston yeah. Martin. I'm sure we'll get to the torture scene in a bit, um, maybe. But like, I can believe that he can recover from that. I can believe that he can still perform in bed. But there is no way he's having children. Right? Oh, After that? After that. I call BS on James Bond Jr. That's <laughs> right? not, that is not canonical. No. 
<laughs> I don't know who James Bond Jr. is, but that is not Bond's kid. Right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Not after that. It's like a nephew or something. <laughs> Um, the clone. The clone. The clone did. Of course, um, it's Soviet technology. They clone people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just like like that whole thing was just like chapter twenty was probably one of the, the by far the best thing for mm-hmm. me in the whole book. Oh, man, I I really liked this. Um, I liked this book, but I feel like I was at kind of a disadvantage in that. Um, the Daniel Craig reboot movie was my favorite Bond movie ever. I haven't seen all of them. I've seen a few of them. I grew up in the 90s with Pierce Brosnan, so that for me was what this Bond looked like physically Mm -hmm. and his mannerisms and whatnot, but just the acting of Craig is is my favorite Mm -hmm. entirely. And I was really pleased with how much the movie stuck to the source material yeah. in terms of like okay this happens and then this happens and it's very exact it's, it's not quite first season Game of Thrones exact but it, no. it works I think they had to pat out the movie they <laughs> did they, they had to add yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, I mean, they, and I yet they, they left out stuff like the Bulgarians oh, no. yeah. like the Bulgarians yeah. but I mean it's, it's a testament well, yeah. to the quality of the I source material that they didn't deviate too much you know he did blow up an embassy, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. There was a bombing. There, there was a bomber. There was a bomber. The person he's the chasing bomber. the beating of the bomber. So yeah. I could see how they're the going to control this. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I, I really liked how closely they stuck to the source material. And, I, and I, I liked that they didn't shy away from too much stuff. Like, the description of the torture scene in the book is, is unflinching. I didn't enjoy it necessarily, but I was respectful of Fleming for going there as a writer, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of people will just kind of mention haphazardly, oh, this character was tortured in Nam, and now he's got PTSD, but, like, Fleming actually makes you feel what Bond felt in that scene. Well, know? I have to say, oh, if Bond should that. have some PTSD anytime some some chick kicks in there. <laughs> or, right? Or right. Or From this point on, yeah. there should be issues. Of course, all the girls fall into his arms because he's gone. A wicker uh, uh, rug beater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, he should have some nah, issues with certain things. Sure, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. He, yeah. You're right. He's not having kids. Like, no. <laughs> testicles are fragile things. They're, they're like temperature sensitive. The slightest little tap, oh god, you're on the floor vomiting. Like, he's not, yeah. he's not. As a female, you know. I was being just going, oh god, I hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have the parts, but I hurt right now. <laughs> <laughs> not right. Not. So I, I really respect Fleming as a writer for this one. I, I like that he went to places other authors would have shied away from entirely or just mentioned in passing. Well, he was, I, I don't know, I meant to look this up. He served in like World War Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I think as, like, was he actually a spy? I or? heard somewhere that he was a spy. Like, I, that's legit what I did. I mean, I could be wrong. I have to look this up later. Was so was, uh, and mm-hmm. he worked with John Pertwee. Oh. That's why I kept imagining John Pertwee. I, I kept imagining John Pertwee when I read this because I'd heard that somewhere that <laughs> they both were, like, in a similar department. Yeah. The third Bond. Or third Doctor, uh, Doctor Who. And, I again, I'll have to double check, make sure that was true, but... This whole book, I kept seeing <laughs> John Pert as, as the Bond. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a biopic BBC recently did of Ian Fleming. Okay. Like the the, uh, the uh, collector's Blu-ray set hmm? has an amazing uh, uh, interview 
several interviews. Every, actually, it has every interview they've ever done with Ian Fleming mm. in, this, in the, in the uh, special features. I don't like reading special features. No, you don't read or, them. Or watching them yeah. because it, to me it ruins the magic. But, uh, it, you know, it goes into a little bit about you know, talking about those. And just, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how he comes up with these stories. Yeah. So... Um, I'd have to say that my favorite scene was learning how to play Baccarat and then winning $200 when I went to go try it. (laughs) 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 Right? (laughs) Yeah, because... did you actually play? You actually went out there? Yeah, he actually went, went out went to, to the casino. casino and, and wow. Played it. <laughs> Damn. Damn. And he won. Maybe I should have gone. So you didn't know how to play until you read the book? Yeah. I, did not, I did not know how to play. Okay. <laughs> Reading plays, kids. <laughs> I did not know how to play. And then when the they, more you know. He <laughs> used to work at the casino. Yeah. He'd oh. seen it played but didn't know the game. Okay. They didn't have Baccarat at oh, at, that, oh, okay. at, at Morongo Casino okay. over in, in right. at the reservation over there. But um, I did not know how to play it at all. And the way Ian Fleming made Bond yeah. describe it, I just went, wow, I know how to play Baccarat now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they gave you the logistics of like when you should stop. And yeah. yeah. And, then, and then that night I asked you and, and you if you wanted to go because you went out. I you, guys, out you, went, you guys went out to Desert Hot Springs to visit relatives. relatives. And I go, hey, when you guys come back, you want to stop at Morongo? And <laughs> you had to work the next day. day and, we couldn't go. And then I'm like, oh, man. So I waited the next week. I go, you guys want to go again? And then you guys know. I'm like, oh, screw you guys. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and I was only there for a half an hour and I doubled my money. Right. 200, 200 bucks. What did you buy with it? I put it back in the bank. But still, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Learn how to play baccarat, and I'm. It's you just have once you. It's pretty. It's it's pretty um, accurate on how it played. But in the book, they play one person at a time mm-hmm. until they don't want to play anymore, and then right. it goes to the next person. Right. Well, the the one at the casino, they had. One set of cards for the dealer and one set of cards for the player. But there was six players at the table who got the same player's card. And they got to determine whether they wanted to play on the player or the banker or did a tie. No one ever did ties. No one ever did ties. I mean, I, throughout it's like the time. on green. Yeah. No, yeah, mm-hmm. green. It, it, while I was there... There was not one tie at all. Yeah. Not one. Yeah. And I was going with the odds because I was just sitting there watching it, and the player won like seven hands in a row. And then I joined it and put banker. Mm-hmm. I lost. Oh. And I'm like, okay, that's eight hands in a row. So I put banker again, and then I won. Right. And then I go looked at because they have like a little chart on there where it shows you. Right, like you said, he sits down and sees the, the the card from earlier, and yeah. Um, and now it's of course digitized. But yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's basically the same thing, but you can't keep mm-hmm. track. They give you right. a card, right? Just like how they do in in France, where mm-hmm. the where the country invented the game, mm-hmm. and you could write down what right. everything was, so that way you know what's left in the shoe. Because it's a shoe full of right. cards. I yeah. don't know how many decks there were. I in in I the book, have. he says six. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's probably the same. Mm-hmm. 
but there you can keep track of what cards have been played and then you can just bet accordingly something yeah. that they frown upon in uh, blackjack yeah. yeah but still it's so it's so hard to count mm-hmm. cards on on blackjack with six decks yeah now if it was now if it was with one deck oh yeah I'd be I'd be thrown out in 10 minutes because I know how to count cards on a single deck it's not that hard but with with uh, Baccarat, you just have to I followed how many times in a row the player won and how many times the banker won. And it shows you the stats on, on there. And um, that's the reason why I was betting on banker, 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 was because the player side won so many times. And I'm going, okay, the odds are that most likely the, the banker's going to win. win. Yeah. And then eventually I, I was just winning, and then when I doubled my money, I left. Thank you, Lady Luck. I'll see you another day. Yeah. I, I just got double my money. I mean, what more? I mean, I don't want to yeah. stretch my luck. No. But um, that's great. The after that, I just went home. But um, another part of the book that I really enjoyed was the hiding spot where he put the check. That was clever. That was yeah. awesome, yeah. <laughs> he put on the name placard right on the front door. I just went, wow, that was pretty cool. Because everybody's going to search the room. Yeah, everyone's going to mm-hmm. search mm-hmm. the room and, and search everywhere That's, and tear the whole place did. apart. They, like, tore his clothes up. Yeah. They mm-hmm. tore everything And up. I just went, wow. And then they never, you never hear where he hit it until the end when he, yeah. when he told um, Mathis. Mathis. It was it Mathis or Mathis? In, in the hospital bed where he hit it. And he's like, oh my, because he couldn't find it. Because he <laughs> yeah, because the good guys had gone to look for it too. Yeah, and they yeah. couldn't find it. Yeah. Right. In, in Mathis, I think, I forget, it's, it's not in the chapter 20, it's in 19, um, where, like, Bond, he asks him, like, where's the check? Mm-hmm. He's like, in the, they, he's like, I never would have thought there. He goes, the British can still teach the French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh-huh. there was a couple, like another scene, like the, the classic crap coming out of the trunk of the car to right. sabotage the, the car following him. Yeah. I mean, that's like in every Bond movie where there's, there's some kind of sabotage going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can see where this would escalate. Yeah, and then of course the the, the classic Aston Martin. I would love to have seen that. What was it, like but a nineteen? The one in the book. The one in the nineteen thirty-five. It's a Bentley, uh, right? Bentley. Bentley. Oh, was yeah. it a Bentley? It's a Bentley, Bentley in this book. No, yeah. Yeah. the Aston Martin doesn't come around till later. Yeah. Okay. And if I remember right, a 30s vehicle going one hundred and twenty miles an hour—that's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Just that it could do that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah. went, wow. I, I would love to have seen that car. Oh, and then it gets wrecked. Oh man! But, but they but were repairing it. Yeah, yeah but back in the in the fifties. Told you to bring back one piece, not bring back one piece. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's one of the movies. When this movie was, or the book was written, it was what in the nineteen fifty three. So the car wasn't even twenty years old. So I'm pretty sure they could easily have gotten parts, or actually yeah. found a whole one and that's just true. replaced that's it. Actually, yeah. mm-hmm. now finding a nineteen thirty five Bentley now <laughs> cost you a small fortune. Yeah. It's going to cost you several down payments on a home just to buy the. Grill. <laughs> <laughs> no, nowadays you, you 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 can just 3D print it. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> cheaper. That's all plastic though. I mean, <laughs> no, they got metal. You have 3D printers that are metal. Yes, they work metal. You, you yeah. print it and then you put it in an oven and it hardens it. Holy crap! 
I learned something today. I'm not sure whether or not this is a, a good thing or a bad thing, but um, after La Sharif, after La Sharif was killed, I knew either Mathis was the double agent or Vesper was the double agent. Yeah. As, soon, as soon as I yeah. figured out right there, mm-hmm. I go, one of those two are the double agent. And that's how, when I figured it out. Because I've never seen the movie. Hmm. You haven't seen that one? No, I, I haven't watched any of the of the Daniel Craig 007s, none of them. Mm. I, um, they're not bad. We have them, they're good. I mean, I, I understand yeah. that I, they're probably good, but my, my favorite was Roger Moore. Cause that's right Ro- there. That's Roger Moore was great, with. yeah. I grew up with Roger, with Roger Moore. The very first one I saw was For Your Eyes Only, mm. back in the okay. theater. Yeah. To be honest, out of... But I think the best one, in my opinion, is Pierce Brosnan. Pierce yeah. Brosnan was great. That's who I grew up watching. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he, to me, I mean, I like Sean Connery. Yeah, he's I like the Sean original, Connery. and he's like, he's like the best, but I think the way I envision Bond, I think Pierce Brosnan did mm-hmm. the best. He has and the right I, heard, I, I agree. And I heard that he was supposed to get it over Roger Moore, but he did the show Remington Steel yeah. instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that came out and he couldn't. Yeah. The Remington Steel people wouldn't let him do, any, do yeah. anything else. Yeah. I feel like he was in contract. too young at that point, too, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he was pretty young. Because, yeah. you know, uh, Sean Connery's supposed to be a man in his uh, mid to late 30s. You know, well, so, and at that time he was Bond's in his twenties. Adam West was offered. Uh, apparently, he looks a lot like this guy because she mentions in the book he looks like Cody Carmichael, who I had no yeah. idea who he was. Yeah. So this is what Bond looks like. See, I get more Brosnan than Craig yeah. for that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, as far as this is Hoagie Carmichael, <laughs> and it's mentioned a couple times that, that it, Vespa thought he looked like Hoagie Carmichael, and you know, maybe a little. And so you're like, okay, who's that? I don't know who that is. I looked him up. So anyway, yeah, that's that's okay. Toby Carmichael. Um, that's apparently who Bond looked a lot like. Okay. Speaking of Vesper, I figured she was a double agent when she got kidnapped by the people. Because yeah. I figured if she's a double agent, she can't be that dumb. <laughs> she don't, the only way to make her that dumb is to prove Ian Fleming's point, or Bond's point, that women are morons. And that Except morons. that she's the assistant to the head of S, so she can't be that bad, right? Yeah. yeah. You but know? Um, but we are dealing with spice here. Right, I know. The way I, the way I figured it was, was the classic, okay, we can't get Bond, but we could get the girl that he likes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then hold her ransom for the check. That's what I thought was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. what it was in the movie. Be, yeah. Mm-hmm. And since I didn't see the movie, and then, uh, then he chased her out and saw her, and then I thought that, that mm-hmm. whole thing was legit until Sharif... Lashif was was killed, and I go, ah, she's a double agent, or Mathis is a double agent, mm-hmm. and which they the play up in the movie, yeah, mm-hmm. both of them because he doesn't know who you trust, which I liked. Yeah. I liked. I've never seen it, so I didn't know, and that's how I just guessed because mm-hmm. I didn't know any of them were double agents, and they played. It, he wrote it off pretty well. That, yeah, they wrote yeah. it off pretty well that mm-hmm. that uh, how they were straight. Mm-hmm. Those two were straight throughout the, the whole movie. Yeah. Justin, um, anything else you want to add on the likes before we move to dislikes? Yeah. Um, um, no, I, I can't think of anything at the moment. Yeah. You guys covered pretty much everything. Yeah, um, the book wasn't that long. <laughs> <laughs> right? Dislikes, though. So, um, 
uh, Vesper's character uh, just I don't know something about her just rubbed me the wrong way just yeah she, she I don't know she she seemed uh, a little. He doesn't write women well. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he doesn't, doesn't write women well. But he wants to. He didn't I'll write. Get to that. He didn't. Yeah. I'll get to that when I. And uh, yeah. 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 the uh, watching an interview with him, uh, he talked about he was writing these books kind of like for him he, as him as mm-hmm. the hero, and uh, Bond. In most cases, in this book, is a complete chauvinist pig. Yep, mm-hmm. I mean, he is, he is yeah. just and I'm like, oh, but he's fine. He's you're not supposed to not like parts of your <laughs> one of your favorite characters of all time. And, and but, yeah. uh, but I mean, what you could argue, some of the best characters are flawed characters. That's so true. Could argue that. That's true. And, right. And he, he and the time period and everything. The time but. period and. But he does. He did his job. He does his job well professionally. He's cold. He's collected. They talk he about has him enough cold flaws. A he's a, a womanizer, yes. a drinker, and in this case, a chain smoker, which they've taken out of the movies. But he's still a drinker yeah. and a womanizer in the movies. Does he need an intervention? <laughs> he does not have to be. The 1950s needed an intervention. Uh, yeah. He does not have to be a chauvinist pig. Bring the entire decade. Like, Justin was complaining about this at home because he'd gone through it and he was going through it again at work because he, he got the audible so he could get through it at work and he's like, he's such a chauvinist. This is awful. And I'm like, I know, honey. It, it, it is. Yes. But I set that aside too because I'm knowing it. 007 or is it Ian Fleming? Ian Fleming. It's Ian, Ian Fleming. Ian I've seen Fleming interviews with is him. The, he is. Yeah, he, he, he or was, I should say. Yeah. And, uh, the, and the, the only other thing, I don't know if I disliked it or not, but the ending was just abrupt. I liked it. I liked and, it. And, and, and I'm not, the, I'm, only, I'm on the, I'm on the, Edge with it on that. Not part. sure because it was like, but uh, it's like, it's, it's like, oh, that's really good. That but bitch is dead. That's it. And like, <laughs> but not by a thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing very well. No, it's okay. Funny. Um, yeah, he. Uh, I did like that aspect of Bond. Um, Justin and I have a running joke whenever we're watching all the old movies because oh, yes. we. <laughs> I'm like, he, James Bond must have elf blood. Like, actual elf blood. Where he, You know how they talk about elfin glamour and things like that? No. <laughs> like, we, so whenever a woman who's just been mad and about to kill him suddenly falls in his arms, and we look at each other and go, elf blood. Because it's so ridiculous. Like, mm. no woman is that just, oh my gosh, no. Like, that's not... Hey, so, <laughs> it worked with Leonardo DiCaprio in Catch Me If You Can. Because uh-huh. he dressed up... That's true. It's like Bond just like James, James Bond. Bond. Like yeah, yeah, I know. Car, and that's based on a true guy. So and then it happened. <laughs> so okay, there are women, I guess, who are just easier than most of the intelligent, wonderful women that I know. Well, I but wish I would meet these. <laughs> I, I don't know them. I can't introduce <laughs> them. All I'm saying is, well, you know, because they'll be double agents, right? <laughs> well, they'll kill you. Right? Know, working for the opposition themselves, and then I could call them a bitch. But uh, here is it. <laughs> the whole, the whole relationship, and I mean, 
he never tells us. He just says that they talk about things and they talk and talk and talk for hours every day for like three weeks. Well, that's I could see how oh, people could fall for each other, but I feel like because we didn't get a bird's eye view of at least one or two of those conversations, like I feel like they went from this animosity we're attracted to each other but we don't like each other to we're in love with each other. It's Nightingale. Like I, I know, but I'm still like I'm still like I just don't get again. Like, you think of the writer and you think of the character. Yeah. Like he's not gonna be spending hours talking about the sappy romantic part of it. No, he's not. He's not. It's just not but it's character. just one of those things that's just it, there are some things that he wrote so well and then the the dynamics between certain characters, I felt, didn't quite work. But he did other things. He wrote other things so well. So it's like, overall, it's good. Overall, I like the story. And like I said, it's, it's one of my absolute favorite James Bond movies. So I'm going to be bent towards liking it. But at the same time, there are things that just don't work and they just seem off. And you're like, like even just some of the conversations between pretty much every conversation between Vespa and Bond, even before she's feeling guilty over being a double agent. You know what I mean? Because at the beginning she wasn't. And then, you know, then when he almost dies and everything, and then she's feeling all this guilt. And then, you know, even before that, it's just, it was so awkward that mm-hmm. it's like, how can they be pulling off this word smooth, blah, 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 when you guys are so dang awkward, you know? But... I don't know. That's, I guess that's yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially Go ahead. with those classic lines when he he's goes, "Oh, I've never had Christmas in." You're right. In July. In July. In July. Yeah. I've never had Christmas in July, and she's like, or something oh, like, "James." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is it? I don't know. See if Christmas comes twice in one year or something yeah. like that. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, it's so bad. Such a bad life. And it was doubly cheesy too. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, but it's not as bad as some of the like '50s and '60s ones. So. Yeah. <laughs> God, no, that that was, I think that was the point where I got to um, Brosnan no longer, like, being the Bond that I wanted. Yeah, because, because of that line. The Christmas only came once again. Oh, no, God, God, really? It's okay, really, yeah. it's, well, that's it's, the, it's the Christmas joke, and then it's the sex joke, and just come on. Yeah. No, no, no. You're better than this. Which one's Christmas? No, that, that's... Um, there's one more after. The world is not enough. The world yeah. is not enough. Yeah. It's family's motto. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry. It's okay. Well, you, but not. I know not everybody at the table is a huge Bond fan. Bond fan, but a lot of us obviously are. So, mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> um, like I said, other than the first uh, two or three chapters kind of dragging at the beginning um, I didn't I didn't really have a problem with it uh, although I, I will agree with several people the the ending seemed abrupt to me but I like that ending I think that's the way it really should I think yeah, I, I think that there's either you liked it or you're not sure how you felt mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. I think that's just, you know it was too abrupt or we liked it. It just, yeah. Because I like that ending because it's very much uh, a, a call me Ishmael moment. It's mm-hmm. boom. Everything is just summed up in those words, mm-hmm. and you know he's reset back to cold bond. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Mathis has won the theological debate. <laughs> right. It's philosophical, philosophical debate. Philosophical yeah. debate of, no, you're going to be set after another baddie, and mm-hmm. you're going to do it. Yeah. Mm. All right. I think my only real complaint was Vesper. And that's the fact that we mentioned earlier, he doesn't know how to write women. And I think she only exists to prove a point. And that point is mm-hmm. women are emotional and cannot be trusted to be agents. And I get it. Sometimes authors will pick a character to prove a specific point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, J.K. Rowling, she created Umbridge to prove a point that, guess what? Some people in government are just evil. You know, right? beyond belief. And just because Umbridge is the best villain in all of the Harry Potter right? series. Just because you're a part of the government. Sorry, Voldemort. Therefore, <laughs> not as bad. People, right? <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you will create characters to prove a point. And I get that. But... I mean, I've met women who could be amazing secret agents because mm-hmm. they're not, mm-hmm. uh, exactly because they're not emotional. They don't want the kids and family mm-hmm. and the, all the traditional stuff that usually just women want, you know. Right. They um, could bluff in almost any situation that you know I could think of, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like I've met women that are, would make an excellent double O, you know. Right. So it's like, but like it seems we mentioned earlier it, that Ian Fleming seems to be. I don't know much about him, but it, it seems people think he's misogynistic again. I don't know because I don't know anything about him. I think that was probably just the time. It was just the time. I, I know it was just the time. I mean, there was Early a time. With yeah, the, with a middle-aged man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I totally get it. At that yeah. point, women were just. Supposed to be emotional. Women were just supposed, supposed to be. You're supposed to stay home. Stay home. home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that was the mindset. And that was very much embodied. That which I get. Yeah. But at the same time, you can have that mindset and still write a well-developed woman. You know, like if you, if that's what your goal is to be a writer, you should be able to write. Even if you personally Anyone, even, yeah. do not think women should be agents, and that's firmly your belief, you still got to write a well-developed character. I would be interested to see some of his later books and yeah. see if he was able to do Progresses, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, this is might, his first book. He might have gotten better with that in other books because, I mean, just I, I just think that's what you need to do. It was a huge success, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> but that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Even yeah. if there's a particular group of people that you do not really care for, you need to be able to write that particular group of people as if they're three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Even if you personally have this viewpoint of them, you've got to be able to take that whatever group right. of people is and maybe take one or yeah. two that aren't that way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that was my main problem. The Vesper I felt was so two-dimensional. I saw the fact that she was a double agent coming once she got kidnapped. So I'm thinking... The you only reason, yeah, oh, I figured the only reason why she got kidnapped was either a because he wrote her specifically to be stupid, like he says women shouldn't be, you know, to prove that women shouldn't be double agents, or to prove that she's going to be a backstabbing bitch, backstabbing <laughs> you know, bitch, either <laughs> a dick or a bitch. So <laughs> I, I figured it's going to be one of the two, and I figured 
she was either going to die or be a double A. I didn't mm-hmm. think she would be both, admittedly. I didn't think <laughs> both would happen. But I knew. I'm going to kill myself because I'm Yeah, and see, that, that made her weak, oh. I thought. Like, it made her such a weak character. Yeah, she fell for him, but then because she fell for him, she suddenly became much more emotional. And yeah. The you know, scene like, in the movie was better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it, she didn't do it intentionally. Yeah. Exactly. She kind of did at the end. She's like, stop trying to say me. We know you can't. I'm just going to swim so out of reach. But, yeah. but I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel... But she, she didn't do it intentionally, but then right at the last second, she wanted out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I just, I feel like... And she could not lie to save her life. Just reading and talking about I her. I know. Like she's obviously lying. She's lying. <laughs> Why is she so stupid and not getting that she's exactly. lying? She's a secret agent. She's, she's got to lie better. Like, she's got to be yeah. a better liar. It can't be that obvious to the reader who can't even see her facial expressions no. <laughs> that she's lying through her teeth. Yeah. So, I mean, so most of the rest of the book I really I did enjoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, overall, like I said, I think it was a good book. And... I probably wouldn't mind reading more books in the series. I just feel that my one major complaint is that character. I feel like she could have been fleshed yeah. out a little bit more. Well, we'll watch the movie again. <laughs> She's much better in the movie. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch the movie because like I, I like said, the actress who plays her. I can't give her name yeah. off the top of my head. Well, because like I said, I, I, I haven't seen <laughs> the Eva Green. Eva Green. I haven't seen the movie in like forever. So, okay, ready? Well, you kept saying. Um, like Vespa, mm-hmm. whatever, Vespa one. I don't think... Vespa's the car. Vespa, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't think he set out to be an author. This is just conjecture. I think this was his therapy. I think right. he saw some shit, and because you do not describe that torture scene in the depth, in detail, talking about his toes, mm-hmm. squirming, like... Ian Fleming's awesome shit, in my, in my belief. And this is this was a therapy. This was him going to the typewriter and just venting the only way he knows. How many pages did the torture scene come out what, to be? What's the device? Was it a cattle? Problem? No, it was. No. It was a, it was a wicker rug beater that uh, they would hang rugs over a line and then yeah. beat it. Yeah, the knock the, the dust out. So it's this thing about this big around and it has like a wicker well, mesh. Okay. On yeah. And uh, it's kind of like a giant fly swatter. Has a wire frame. Wire frame. And a wicker mesh. Yeah. And being in France, the frame was probably made of wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At, at that time. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like and a little bit of a little bit of seat. So he's basically sitting. He's with just he's, he's hanging. He's down. hanging down. We're hanging down. Yeah. Yeah. In, in that hole, and he's getting beating his balls. Yeah, yeah. And in, in the movie, it's a little, little worse because it's, it's a rope. It's a monkey fist. Yeah, you know, that's like it's like a, it's like a yeah. pound weight on the end of that thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. And and I remember because obviously I hadn't read the book yet. I remember going, "Whoa, this is an intense torture scene." And now I'm like, "Okay, they got it from the book. They just mm-hmm. changed." The, because nobody, nobody would know what a rug beater is anymore. We have vacuum yeah. cleaners. Some incredibly like phallic overtones in the torture scene in the movie as well. Right. Like when he when he drapes it over his shoulder and lets it sit there, you know exactly what that is supposed to look like, and it just yeah. startles the crap out of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and 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 I I love the 
no, the left, the left. <laughs> Everyone's going to know you've died, scratching my balls. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, because yeah, he, he's in so much pain, and he's trying to tough it out. And so he's just messing, trying to, like, mess with Lashif a little bit in his mind, like, yeah. you're not going to, you know. And oh, it's so good, but it's yeah. just painful. Oh my gosh! But it's a great scene. He was gonna castrate him. Yep. Yeah. When the and assassin the, yeah. came in and killed him, yeah. <laughs> he lucked out. Yeah. Lucky and his lazies in the hole right there. Yeah. Don't expect to win at anything ever again, Bond. Yeah, but um, like I said, I my I can't even really complain about the torture scene because it was so well written. And, and and like I said, probably something out of legit yeah. experience. I don't know if Ian Fleming had... I, I think he was a bachelor all of his life, wasn't he? Yeah. It would so. make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was... I don't know. Yeah, Not if he was experiencing that torture. Huh. No. Uh, I don't know. Either he saw something or experienced something. Yeah, you know, or, was or was just told by someone who or managed to survive it. You never yeah, know. That's true. That's yeah, true. It wasn't frowned upon as much back then. No. Yeah. So, like, my only complaint really is um, reading that scene like it just blinks and yeah, yeah. it's so oh. brutal. And yeah. I had seen the movie first. I was like, well, that's not what you The book's from the 50s. Right? <laughs> and then you're like, oh gosh, that's why they put that scene in the movie. It's in the book. It's in the book. Uh, <laughs> it's worse. Oh gosh, my brain. <laughs> you know, we, we, we started seeing a little bit by talking about pro wrestling. Yeah. There was an incident with a wrestler named Tommy Dreamer where he took a kendo stick to the, the, oh. the nethers and just one strike with a kendo stick sent him to the emergency room to have blood pumped out of his testicles. Oh, God. Um, Ow. Because they swelled up so much. Mm-hmm. The, oh, yeah. my gosh. So, um... Ow. Like, with, with knowing the Tommy Dreamer story... And then t- they're talking about the... The puddle, the puddle of, blood of blood underneath And him. sweat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. They are... God, like we we as a Western society put so much stock into you gotta have a pair of balls to be a man, you know, grow some stones, kid. And they are fucking fragile. Nobody right? understands I mean, how ridiculously the, fragile those things are. The greatest quote I ever heard was actually from Betty White um, earlier. She she says them all the lines of I don't know why people say to you know, grow a pair of balls. Those things are one's a kick and you're down. Yeah. She says you should tell them to grow up. Like um, a vagina, basically, yeah. but she uses her word for it. Don't <laughs> go that. Those things, she said. Those things can take a beating. Yeah. She said, so those things can take a beating. I wish Betty White were my grandma. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> just, just so folks know, Ian was married to Ann Carteris, uh, and they had a son, Casper. Okay. And Fleming. Fleming. Yes, he did. Yes, yes. I changed the thing that was him. Yeah, Ian Fleming wrote Chitty Chitty Bang for his son. So weird. Fleming was a heavy smoker and drinker for most of his life and succumbed to heart disease in 1964 at age 56. Theme song in my head. Oh my gosh, that's right. I keep forgetting that was one of the guy who wrote that torture scene. Oh my god! I can never watch that movie ever again. Oh my gosh! I 
Oh my god. Anytime I see that movie now, I'm going to be thinking, oh god. <laughs> Same guy wrote. Taylor Sheep standing in the background. <coughs> carpet. Right? <laughs> oh, my boy. <laughs> uh, no. I'm to watch The Child Catcher again. Oh like, gosh. Oh, that's that terrifying. He's terrifying. And my mom died, sorry, side note, my mom dyed her hair dark jet black one year. And I told her, you look like the child catcher. So she used to walk up behind me and go, uh, lollipops, come and get your lollipops. I go, Mom, stop, stop, no, no. <laughs> and she'd go, all free today. I go, Mom, please stop, please stop, please stop, please stop. <laughs> I'll be a good kid. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. I go, please go to the child catcher. I'm curious to read the other, some of the other novels because it's my understanding that the first couple of novels were written more like this mm-hmm. and then when Sean Connery did the first adaptation Ian Fleming liked Sean Connery's depiction so much and he changed it a bit. that he started leaning into the Sean Connery of it all mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, plus he started getting the, the, the money in the thing that I found surprising couple of years is <laughs> if the order in yeah. the, the book cover here is correct to the order of books written mm-hmm. uh, it the movies are completely out yes. of order. Oh, yeah. You know, it's Casino Royale, then Live and Let Die, not uh, uh, Do- Dr. No's you book. Know, Dr. No is the first <laughs> movie, and it's like one, two, three, four, five. It's the sixth one in the series. Jeez. You know, the man with a golden gun is next to the last. Yeah. Wow. You know, and Octopussy and Living Daylights are, I think, are in one book. Yeah. yeah, that looks like one book, and those are two movies. So the movies are completely out of order. Yeah, and then... Um, Gosh, now I want to read them all. Honor <laughs> Majesty's Secret We Service. own all the movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> Probably. Audible has maybe. all of the James Bond books. All of them. All of them? All yeah. of them. Okay, I'll listen to them. I'll be forgiven for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we own all the movies. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Because... The, the guy they have on Audible, the guy they have reading them, did a good job. Well, I'm yeah. curious because I had mine from uh, Hoopla. Was he a British yeah. British guy? He did. He even did the voices and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually yeah. heard them. I did. I heard the torture scene before I started reading the book, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, the, that's in the movie." The audiobook. I was trying to go to sleep, yeah. and I was like, "Go ahead and get the torture." He's like, "It's like you're back then." I'm like, "No, just go ahead. I'm so tired." Some of the some of the things I had trouble with, you know, because every everywhere <laughs> else in the like world is <laughs> Mathis. Yeah. In the auto uh, and in this particular version, he calls him Matisse. Matisse. Uh, Matisse. Uh, and which but might be the French pronunciation right. of Mathis, but, be. but everywhere else it's all that. Yeah, even the movie. So but the audio version that I had was like five hours. And that's only with an interview with the guy at the end. It's like four some odd hours. Yeah. Yeah. I, I managed to, uh, to get, I did a half the book, did the last half of the book in, what, a day? Yeah. And then I listened to it again almost all the way through in the, in the next day or the past day or so. Does anybody have anything? I, I, don't, I think we kind of lost our... No, we kind of got lost. Anybody else? Negatives? I mean, it's just everything that we've talked about already. The, it, there are considerations to be made with this book regarding the time period that it was written that I have problems with mm-hmm. as, as a modern-day 
person is. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I try my hardest to look at the world and things around me from an equal perspective in but terms of like. You kind of have to do with most books. Like you, you gotta do, be yeah. like, okay, this was written yeah. at a time when, when this was acceptable. Yeah, I, I'm, okay. I'm not necessarily faulting the book for that. Now, if the writer came out now and tried to write this book, it oh, wouldn't yeah. sell to begin with. But <laughs> you know. There's also a little bit of casual racism. A little bit, yeah. 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 It's got the same kind of thing as like early like Raymond Chandler books. It, it's just it was written in the fifties. That's how. Unfortunately, the yeah. world we was. Did you consider racist? Uh, every once in a while, it, like I forget what, what, he uses the word uh, Chinaman. Mm-hmm. He says that a, like two or three yeah. like casual racism. Well, what is it? Huh? What is the guy? That's not a, uh, an appropriate description. I, of, of <laughs> I heard. I heard someone. But even some of the ways he described, like the Bulgarians and some yeah. of the other things, it was you know yeah. people from this country are this people. You know, there's you know. Yeah. There was even a little bit against the French, and he was working with them. So mm-hmm. the guys yeah. from China, why wouldn't you call them Chinamen? Because it's not yeah. politically correct. Now, back then, that was it's a not appropriate term. term. So what would you He's call Chinese. 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 He's a mm-hmm. Chinese person, and, and yeah, if you don't know his actual nationality, you could say an Asian person. Mm-hmm. But like. I, I heard someone um, say that to me at work at my old job just this past year about one of my bosses, and she was like Vietnamese. She wasn't even Chinese. It didn't even right. apply. Yeah, and he didn't know because it was he just, just casual racism. Right. Yeah, it wasn't even mm. bothering to find out. Yeah. 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 It, it's it's a kind of like dismissing someone and not caring enough to learn even a little bit about them, and and that's that's a problem. Nobody nobody empathizes anymore with other people. Right. Which is weird because you would think for a spy he would have to yeah. at least know these kinds of things. Yeah, background information would help a spy in his or her job. Yeah. Right. Being able to fit in and everything. Um, but I mean, there's not a whole lot that I disliked about the book, honestly. I mean, it, it, it's my favorite of the Bond movies for a reason. That's because the source material is that good to me. So. It's my piss bump. Yeah. All right, David. Anything? What? What didn't you like? Anything you didn't like about it? Um, I'm not familiar with French at all, so too much French in the book. Yes. Yeah, way too much French in the book. Oh, but I think that's that. that's probably because I live in California and I. If they speak Spanish words instead, you would have known better. Mexican <laughs> people yeah. instead of Mexicans. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that if I lived in England, that I'd probably be running into a lot of French people, and a lot of French words would actually mean something to me. Right. It's just the location. We I don't use yeah. French and have no need to use it, so I don't right. know it. People from England, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, whatever, aren't going to know all the, the Hispanic slang that we know. Oh, oh in it, definitely not. <laughs> all of our Spanish, as we yeah. call it, where you mix the two languages yeah. together and go so with them. That's just basically right. it is, the, the location. Just, yeah, locale. I have no reason to know French. No. But um, I think one of the main things that kind of got me mad was how Bond fell for the old lady in distress thing. <laughs> well, uh, with, him, with him being a, a secret agent, I mean, it just kind of, it went before he said he should just let her, mm-hmm. let her, uh, just okay. let her go. He should have. Mm-hmm. Because she was stupid enough to fall enough for a trick, why should he follow suit? Mm-hmm. And I, me personally, 
I would just say, okay, yeah, you're a dumbass. Uh, yeah, you got yourself into the mess. I'm not getting killed too. See you later. I'm going to go gamble and win some more money. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? That is, that is one thing that I disliked about the the book, but it's probably just my understanding of it. The descriptions of the card games, I still don't really know if I could play them, even though they I were did. talked about very well you in the did. book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how to play poker that well. I do not know how to play Baccarat. Even after reading the book, I would still be lost if I walked in and I think I can see play. if I can try and play it to you. Um, we should try playing sometime just and see how well we can do. David, who've obviously yeah. played and win, he's going to be dealer. It is similar to 21, but just... Yeah. The difference is tweak. face cards are worth nothing. Are worth absolutely nothing. And instead oh, of reaching okay. 21, you have to reach 9. Mm-hmm. And the way you with do that, that is because you, you know because you start with two cards. You can, and you can only draw one more card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you start off with the two cards, and basically, if the if the cards amount to more than 10, you go by the last number. So, like, say right if there. you combine a nine and a four and 13, you're you three. at three. <laughs> So okay, you, you disregard the first number completely, okay. and that's when he talks about trying to stay at five or like so, try to stay at like fifteen or twenty or whatever, and um and like he says, your ideal numbers to stay at are five, six, and five and above, basically. Mm-hmm. And for him, a, a no, natural five, nine. Five is uh, automatic. Oh yeah, hit. yeah. Mm. And so five he talks about like a natural nine meaning anytime you have a number that starts with nine, like ends with nine like 19 or nine that's like getting 21 if you get the two cards and the last number is nine it's automatic it's kind of 21 you okay. win so you yeah. ace, ace eight would be unless they can get a better nine like well what what it is is that i'm i'm very much a visual learner. Like, I would have to right. literally play it with my hands in order to learn how to play it. Which is fine. We'll do I, that sometimes. It would be fun. There's a YouTube <laughs> tutorial yeah. where they did a little cartoon and show it. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, I'm an auditory learner, so... Uh, okay. I, mean, I, I am visual, but I think because I had the book in my hand, I could go back and reread it if I got confused. Like, wait, what? Okay. okay. You're just okay. probably a, a little... App game you can get on your phone where you can mm. play back around. Called Casino Royale. <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, another thing that kind of upset me a little bit was um, after those two Bulgarian men <laughs> got blown up in front of the casino, Vesper still managed to get abducted. There would have been security up the ass in front of that damn casino for a year with, <laughs> with two people exploding right in front of the casino. I'm sorry, but there were 9/11. Yeah, there there would have been police there forever. She didn't get abducted. She went willingly. She got abducted. No, she she was. I know, but uh, she got abducted. Yeah, abducted. Right, and that never would have happened. Air quotes Air abducted. <laughs> For the listeners at home. Yeah. <laughs> that was a point. She probably would have had to find They had a police presence there, but since she went willingly, yeah. then yeah. she got away with it. So. She didn't go willingly. She was putting on a show so Bond would see it to think that she got abducted. With her skirt above her head. Yeah. Yeah. That and all intents and purposes, no one knowing the story would see that Vesper got abducted and not know until later on that she was True, if I was just a patron and didn't know what the story was and I saw that I'd be like, um, hello, there's a woman that just distressed? (laughs) Help? Please, fire! And no one knew and there was no security from a previous bombing? No, I I, I see that. Okay, fair enough. 
And I just went, what? There's like no security at this thing, and they're playing for millions of dollars, and this guy got a, a 45 inside there? In, in the book, did they, uh, didn't Mathis uh, also say that a majority of the patrons thought it was a gas main explosion? Yes. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah. There was a lot of people that... that that would have saw those guys and, and Bond didn't even say nothing. With the security nobody. inside, there still should have been security at the That's door true. there. Yeah. No. I mean, it's there was the guy who saw like... high state gambling that, that are yeah. going for tens of thousands of dollars, but that's not crap now. <laughs> right. But, but, I mean, all that kind of money and there was like well, crap right. for the security. It's a lot more money. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they... they, they, they Adjusted for inflation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I don't and know how much it was in the movie. I think it was around 40 was, million or something. It was or? like 150 million. Oh, jeez. Okay. It yeah. was 150 million. Yeah. yeah. In the movie. In the movie. Yeah. And yeah. This one, it was, it was like 10 grand. It was 40 million, 40 million yeah. francs. Yeah, which was, which was uh, like 52,000 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what in U.S. dollars? Well, nowadays, it's 52,000 pounds. Well, maybe $250,000. Uh, it's yeah. about twice. Oh, okay. A okay. pound is one or 2.3 U.S. dollars. Okay. I don't know which it was. Last time it was $1.65. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I just... But it fluctuates, way. but it's yeah. about two dollars per pound. Yeah, either way, just, yeah, with that the, type of money, that was a lot of money the, back then. Yeah. There was like no security. The check yeah. that he drew out for cash that he hid in the door plate was forty-three million francs. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. Because so he paid back in like uh, lighter. Yeah. Already, because he actually won more than that. But what he, he took yeah. lighters thirty-two and gave it back to him, and then took the rest back to yeah. as a check for cash. Yeah. And of course, in the movie, they didn't do a check because who uses a check these days? Yeah. It was this very secure thing. I want have a code. And he's what? the only one who knew the code. <laughs> 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 to transfer. That's what I like. I want a giant check. Like, that's bigger than me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that. I'll take the check. Check. I don't care. Come on. You right? We don't do that. Yeah. I'd love to walk into a bank with one of those giant checks. I'll endorse it if you repent. Also, I didn't like the... What's the Smirsh? Smirsh. agent. It's a weird I'm sorry, but I would have I would have killed Surreal Pop and then killed Bond. Pop. Yeah. Then they really should have thought better about it. Right? Yeah. Although it's what Soviet, maybe it just translated yeah. but badly. Because it's based on the, it's, it's based, based on, on the so their work. Mm-hmm. And then they just put the two words together right. somehow mm-hmm. and they have Smirsh. Later, when they get the Spectre in the films, it just looks better. When I got the book, when I got our copy of the book, mm. I went to back and I started laughing. And Bonnie goes, What's up, Bonnie? Go, Smirk. <laughs> it always reminds me of like, Smush, I smushed something. Mm. I smushed something. I, I, I kept, it kept going through my head for like a week. Smirk. Which weird thing about. La, 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 la. Oh, God. Weird thing about. For whatever reason, Spectre and the Bond rights are actually separate. That's why they couldn't use Spectre for the first couple of Daniel Craig. Oh, okay. Movies. They had to get the, all the ones lined up. Yeah, it's a weird thing where, like, the guy who created Spectre for the Bond films and the Bond licensee are separate. Huh. 
It's actually very similar with Doctor Who. Somebody else outside of the BBC owns the oh. rights to Daleks oh, okay, and okay. Canines. There's five different authors who have wrote for the Bond films. So, and I forget what's his name who created Spectre. Yeah. Also created or wrote uh, the screenplay for Superman. Right. Christopher Reeve. Oh, <laughs> oh uh, Richard Donner? Yeah, not uh, Richard Donner directed it was a guy oh. who wrote. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I listened to an interview with him years ago. Incredible screenwriter. He used to actually have a writing school. Yeah, but other than that, I didn't like... There wasn't really much that I didn't really like about the book. Yeah. So it was exceptionally entertaining when I took the book to work and I used it on company time to go to the bathroom mm. and read the book. <laughs> <laughs> you like to say that about every book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your bosses hopefully don't listen to it. They become Smurfs was, was written just for the books, but yeah, it's it, it Smurf. Yeah, it talks about... Your boss is like, hey, do we have to talk about James Bond? <laughs> 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 How is the Bond book? How is the Bond book? Do you have plenty of bathroom time? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I forget the app. There's an app you can download on your phone. No, no, The name Smurfs was coined by Joseph Stalin. Yes. That's oh. right. It was actually based on the... That's right. Because you read that. I remember you read that to us the other day. I forgot about that. That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It actually existed. Yeah. yeah. It was an actual organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smurfs was an umbrella organization for three independent counterintelligence agencies in the Red Army formed in late 1942 or even earlier, but officially announced only on 14th of April 1943. The name Smurfs was coined by Joseph Stalin. The main reason for its creation was to subvert the attempts by German forces to infiltrate the Red Army on the Eastern Front. Mm. Oh. Well, what if it's Hydra? Can we just say it's Hydra? <laughs> Hydra. <Ill> Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> One head's moved. So, with that, any closing comments? Uh, I I think they should make this a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Someone throw something at him that won't make a mess. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. just be aware that it is a time. Timely. It is a period time challenge. Period challenge. Period. 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 Chronologically impaired. They didn't have cell phones yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. I read a lot of that stuff. The older stuff. Uh-huh. Watch a lot of that black and white. Yeah. Multi-stalking kind of thing. Yeah. And every but once in a while, something still pops up. It's like, ooh, ooh that. Oh, I can't believe they got away with that. That was before political credit. Yeah, we. I love March Brothers, but in the day of the races. There's they do face. they do black yeah, face. Yeah. and I'm still like oh that didn't age well oh, yeah we have yeah. one what is that one I love that movie but there's that whole scene where um what is it Ginger and Fred Astaire Ginger Rogers oh oh you think of White Christmas no 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 no, 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 no. Fred Astaire does a dance in blackface black oh. in this movie and like. It's, it's, is it something about, is that the one with the dance, about dancing, like Dance With Me or something? Dance With Me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's, it, it's a, it's a great Wonderful movie, it's a great storyline, but it's... Please tell me it's at least black and white. It is black and white. Yeah. It's black and white, okay? We have, like, Everyone's four around, of their like, White Christmas, like, there's a, a the, the black face in the color movie, it's like, ooh. Some of those that we have are black and white, but they're in color. Well, what's really bad about Death Races was... 
It was like, <laughs> like it showed uh, Groucho, blackface, ah, and then it showed Chico, blackface, ah, and then it showed Harpo with half blackface, like just down <laughs> the face and half white. And I'm like, oh, I want to laugh, but oh, can I laugh at this? I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, I didn't even oh, I'm sorry, but I would laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Harpo is the best part of that. It almost saves the gag. It really does. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, gosh. Oh, like, oh, that's just, oh, but yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, it's painful when you see stuff like that and you're like, oh, that's I was watching Dr. No last mm-hmm. night, and well, you weren't expecting me to talk? The <laughs> no, I expected <laughs> to die. <laughs> that's the that's the uh, gold not, finger. Yes, gold finger yeah. uh, but the, one of the secretaries is obviously oh, a white girl, <laughs> but she's playing an Asian. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So he did that on Gunsmoke a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you're just like, oh, but it's you know, it's back then, and we're you know more advanced in all sorts of ways now. We, we can kill each other even better. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> well, I, I thought it was it took me by surprise. I think um, it was Rita Moreno uh, who played one of the wives in The King and I. Mm. Like so, uh, you know, they're from what was it, Siam? Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, Thailand today. Yeah, Thailand today was, but yeah, and I'm like, ooh, but she's not. <laughs> <laughs> like she's not the uh, from there. Okay, but yeah. neither was Jill Brenner. Neither was Jill Brenner. Jill Brenner was wherever Jill Brenner said he was. <laughs> right. He was from wherever he said he came from. <laughs> but yeah, if you are a Bond fan, read the book. Yes. Definitely, just read the book. If you're a Bond fan, you should. At some point in your life, read Casino Royale. Yes. Yes. And then all 18 others. Mm. <laughs> Depending on how big a fan you are, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, FYI, supposedly Daniel Craig is coming back One for Bond 25. One more. One more. Yeah. I guess they gave yeah. him a, a, a truckload, I think is the term for that much money. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure. Because he gives uh, him no like one dollar bill. I'm looking for all two dollar bills. Did you see Spectre? Yeah. That opening shot was like oh god, four five minutes long, and yeah. all one, one continuous shot, shot that they pr- oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. Sorry. Yeah, anyway, okay. Cool. Well, I think it might be Lewis's turn. Well, he hasn't been here for a couple of months, but I don't know. And go ahead, Lewis. I mean, do you want to? If it winds up being, like he really wants. I think he just wants to move on to somebody else. Right. Okay, I'm sticking my hand into the TARDIS. I'm finding the library and the pool. Um, <laughs> let me see. The Terry Pratchett in The next book is On a Pale Horse by Pierce Anthony. Oh, Bonnie. I, I, I recommended that one. Yeah. All right. All right. It's I think this is rigged. <laughs> you yeah. guys back and forth. Yeah, I think it was him twice. Oh. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think this was rigged. <laughs> um, oh, okay, this one is one I've actually read, so hopefully you guys like it. It's uh, part of uh, his series, uh, Incantations of... Incarnations. Incarnations of... They actually had, I forget what it's called. Anyway, it's On a Pale Horse. It's about death. Like, the personification of death. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, hopefully you guys like it. All right. All right. So we go from... Casino Royale to... On a Pale Horse. Yeah. 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 So it's not Terry Pratchett's death. Hail Hydra. With that said, we should probably end by all saying... Hail Hydra? Hail Hydra, no. no. The, the bitch is dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs>
So there you have it. That was uh, this uh, week's episode, uh, Casino Royale by Ian Fum, uh, Fleming. Uh, next week, uh, we will be reading On a Pale Horse by Piers Anthony. I, I knew absolutely nothing about this series before we sat down and read it. Um, really enjoyed it. Had fun. Um, haven't picked up the other books yet, uh, but they're, they're, they've been added to the to-read pile um, after reading the first book. So um, I hope you enjoy next week's uh, episode On a Pale Horse by Piers Anthony. Um, once again, if you'd like to support this podcast, share it. Just let people know about us. Um, you can always go to patreon.com slash destinycomics. Throw a dollar in the hat. It's our only tier available. Just throw a dollar in the hat. That's all we're asking for. Um, and then, um, uh, you know, you can always go to destinycomics.com. Follow the links to the store. Uh, you're smart. You're a reader. You can figure it out. And, um, you know, buy a bookmark, buy a book, buy, you know, um, anything. It just helps us to keep this running. We got to pay for the, um, the, 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 the bandwidth and all that fun stuff. And, uh, you know, so thank you and thank you for your time. Hope you enjoyed this episode and, um, have a great day.